Hello and welcome to Glens Falls Today Morning Brief. Our top story starting off the week, an upcoming vote on a renovation project at Fort Ann Central School District. I'm Gary Scott, and it is another Monday, December 12th, 2022. Other stories in our morning brief today, Park and Elm hosts a grand opening for their restaurant space, an update in the ongoing story of Cambridge Central School District's mascot, and Warren County seeking input from residents in its revision of the hazard mitigation plan. But first, before we get into our stories, I want to let you know that if you're looking for a place to advertise your local business, Glens Falls Today could be the perfect solution. Our goal is to provide free and convenient access to important local news, but more importantly, we want to support and represent our community. And what better way to do that than by helping to spread the word about the great local businesses in the greater Glens Falls area. For example, allow me to say a quick thank you to one of our community partners, 1-800-PAINT-JOB, professional painters and pressure washers providing high-quality paint jobs and close client relationships to bring great ideas to life for over 30 years. And if you own a business in the area as well, you could advertise with us on our website or even right here with me on The Morning Brief. For more information, head over to our website at glensfallstoday.com. And thank you for making Glens Falls Today your source for free local news. After nearly two years of renovations, Park and Elm is now officially fully open for business. According to the Post Star, Elizabeth and Ben Miller, the mother and son team behind Park Street Hospitality and the Park Theater, have finally cut the ribbon on the restaurant side of Park and Elm after opening the deli and market side a few weeks back. The dining space opened for its debut night of public fine dining on Friday evening after a private soft opening was held on Thursday. Across the street, Doc's Restaurant inside the Park Theater has ceased regular dinner service as its former chef and staff have moved over to this new home. Doc's will continue to operate for special events, but Park and Elm is where the fine dining will run throughout the week for the general public. For its debut night, the restaurant had a menu partially reinvented from what it was across the street, with a focus on offerings like house-made pasta and other Doc's classics like their strip steak and pork shank. And as I mentioned, the restaurant is only one half of Park and Elm's grandeur. The other side of the building features the full deli and market, which serves everything from fresh sandwiches to grocery items. It's been a couple of short weeks since the market opened, and while we've kept up with the story here on The Morning Brief, the Glens Falls community has welcomed the new downtown lunch option with open arms. The Park and Elm restaurant will be open every Wednesday to Saturday from 5pm to close, the market and deli operates Tuesdays to Saturdays from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. And while the road to renovate the building has been long, the Millers are already well underway with another new project. At the corner of Park and Glen Streets, in another building the family owns, a board game cafe is set to open up shop early next year. So I will have more on that very soon. I've got another update here to a story we've been keeping up with. At a school board meeting last Thursday, Cambridge Central School Superintendent Douglas Silvernail said that a rough plan to find a replacement for the school's mascot is, quote, waiting for the legal process to play out. This, of course, follows the State Education Department's memo requiring all state school districts to remove Native American names and images by the end of the school year. The Postar reports Silvernail and other school superintendents are waiting for guidance from the State Education Department on what sorts of names, mascots, and imagery will be acceptable, and he said that guidance should be out before the Christmas break. A state court ruling in June upheld State Education Commissioner Betty Rose's finding that the school board improperly rescinded the 2021 vote to retire the mascot. 
Since then, the school board has authorized its legal counsel to prepare an appeal of this court ruling. At Thursday's meeting, school board member Neil Gefford asked whether or not the appeal had been filed. School board president Shea Price replied that, quote, the initial step has been taken. However, three members of the public asked the board to drop the appeal. Anna Sheila, a 2022 graduate of the school, cited the United Nations approval of the state memo, while retired school superintendent Michael Muggett said, quote, I hope the school board will do the right thing and not spend any more money on an appeal. Resident Rachel Costello asked, quote, What legal standing does the board have to go forward? What does a victory in the legal case get us? She then noted that the school's $70,000 budget for legal fees has probably already been exhausted, asking, quote, Where will more money come from? Resident Arlene Carpenter asked if the state would demand removal of all Native American place names next. School board member Dylan Honyust, who has Native American ancestry himself, said the Oneida and Onondaga nations, which formerly opposed Native mascots, are aware of his family's support for the Cambridge Indian. He said since the Revolutionary War, the Iroquois Confederacy has made allowances for differing opinions, and that high-level officials of the two nations support the Hanyus. He added that with the state's broad ruling, quote, all the nuance is taken out of the issue. Now before we get into our next story, I want to remind you again that you could advertise your business with us at glensfallstoday.com or right here on The Morning Brief. As our business continues to grow and develop, we strive to help other local businesses do the same. We want to help you spread the word about the great services that you have to offer our community. For more information, visit our website at glensfallstoday.com. In another local education story, the Fort Ann Central School District Board of Education is asking residents to vote on a $9.975 million capital project on Wednesday from noon to 8 p.m. in the old gymnasium. The Postar reports the proposed project is to repair the aging B-Wing and to install turf fields, with Superintendent Justin Hoskins noting that it's been a decade since the B-Wing has had work done. Some of the necessary repairs for the project were highlighted in the state's inspection of the building. Hoskins said the changes will help the district stay in compliance with safety regulations. The funding for the multi-million dollar project is coming in the form of capital reserve funds that were established in 2018. The district is tapping $500,000 from unappropriated unassigned fund balance and $200,000 from accumulated debt reserve balance, according to Hoskins in a November 28th news release. The district also receives 76% state aid reimbursement and is using $86,680 in state Excel aid. Through this project, Fort Ann's B-Wing will receive new safety equipment, ceiling and floor tiles, and more. There's also exterior building work proposed to repair crumbling masonry and replace window balances. In the release, Hoskins also said, quote, items such as our PA system and fire alarms are at the end of or well past their useful lives and have the ability to negatively impact the safety of students. In addition, the timing of the project is designed to coincide with debt coming off the books. Hoskins said that ground won't be broken until the spring of 2024 if the project passes, and the school will have other debts paid in full by the time construction begins. He added that it's best for the district to take on capital projects to keep generating state building aid. The Postar also reports another aspect of the project is to install turf athletic fields. Athletic director Jason Himiston said in the video about the project that some of the athletic teams have only played a handful of games at home. He said, quote, We struggle with playing multiple games in a season here. It's been seven years and we've been able to play five baseball games at home because of the pooling of the water. The turf will possibly need replacement every eight to ten years, and Hoskins said the district's building and grounds team will be learning how to extend the life of the field through maintenance. 
Hoskins said there is building aid available down the line for a placement of turf in the future, but they plan to do what they can to ensure the longest possible life for the turf. And finally, Warren County is looking for public input as it makes updates to its plan to curb natural disaster danger for county residents. News 10 reports the county's multi-jurisdictional hazard mitigation plan is up for revision, and a survey is giving residents a chance to weigh in on it. The plan is a document that can be used by the county to reduce the impact and damage from natural disasters, especially targeted at preventing and breaking cycles of damage, reconstruction, and more damage. Warren County Emergency Services Director Anne-Marie Mason said, quote, Public participation and feedback are a vital part of the hazard mitigation planning process. We ask that those who live in or visit Warren County take the brief online survey to detail any instances where they have experienced disaster or noted vulnerabilities and their thoughts on changes that should be made. The survey asks for residents to report what types of natural disasters they have seen and experienced in Warren County over the last decade, such as flooding, drought, and climate change impacts. It also seeks information such as concern for future disasters and how residents get their disaster information. The hazard mitigation plan is updated every five years. The plan is used for communities to make risk-based decisions that can lead to fewer lives being lost or less property being damaged in the event of a disaster. The process going forward will also involve voices from nonprofits, community partners, and the private sector. The plan will analyze how to best protect essential community facilities, transportation systems, lifeline utilities, and hazardous material facilities. And that is all I've got for the morning brief today. Again, I'm Gary Scott for Glens Falls Today, and as always, thank you for listening. Our goal for the morning brief is to provide you with quick and convenient access to the most important news around the greater Glens Falls area. So if you love the show, you can support us by subscribing, leaving a five-star review, and recommending us to a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll be back tomorrow morning with more local news you need to know. I'm Gary Scott, and this is Glens Falls Today Morning Brief.